Hey, this is Chris Hour, and I'm the Young Adults Pastor at Grace Outreach Church. God has blessed us to have an amazing young adults ministry called Rise Up, where every week young people get to come together to worship God, to dive into the Word through our small groups, and be a part of a family that believes that God wants to use each of us to grow the kingdom of God. We're about to dive into the scripture that we've been talking about in our small groups. So I hope this podcast encourages you. I hope it builds your faith. And I hope it reminds you that you're beautifully and wonderfully made. And that God has a purpose for your life. And that the best is yet to come. I hope you enjoy the message. So I'm excited for this second week of this series that we are starting called Standing on the Promises of God. And I love this series. We just got done with our series previously, which is called Seed Time and Harvest Time. And we talked about the importance of sowing seeds of giving into the kingdom of God, right? That each of us as children of God, that we are called to sow your time, your talent, and your resources to grow the kingdom of God. That we um, talked about how our purpose is not in what I do. It's not in what I look like. My purpose isn't even what you think of me. My purpose is in the fact that I am a child of God, in the fact that I am loved by God, and in the fact that I was made for a purpose. And that purpose was to give God glory and to give God honor, no matter what sphere of influence he puts me in. And so we talked about sowing seeds and we talked about waiting for the harvest, right? And I believe what this series is doing is what I want us to talk about is I want us to talk about how, how do we operate in that, that, that space in between the sowing of the seeds and then before the harvest comes up, right? How do we operate in that space? And I pray that the Holy Spirit um, would speak to us through this. I pray as a protection over everyone that's listening right now and I pray that our hearts would be open to receive this word that it would not be about us that it would be all about God hallelujah our father hallelujah the righteous one and so I'm, I'm excited for this series because I think that um, as as a culture and even as a generation right now living in the 21st century I think that we do not have a problem with starting things Right? I think that when I look around, I think of you know, the culture that we're in and the culture that, that we're living in right now is very much one that is about instantaneous um, feedback, instantaneous gains, if you will. Uh, you know, we, want, we want something and we want it right now. And if we don't get it right now, then you know, we, we don't think it's worth it and we move on to the next thing. And I think that because of that, we're seeing a lot of people, especially young adults right now, I can just speak for us, is that it's really easy for us to start things, but it's really hard for us to finish things. Right, And I think that this is not only in the natural realm, but I think in the spiritual realm as well, I think that it's really easy for us to get passionate about God. Right? I don't think that it's a really a problem of passion sometimes, that there are you know, days where we are you know, in love with God and we're running after God. Maybe there's weeks or months. You know, um, when I was growing up, I grew up in the church, and I remember always going to these summer camps. And I remember... You know, I was young and I didn't know how to explain it, but I can see now as I'm as I'm older um, that I was trying to explain something spiritual, but I didn't really understand how to explain it. So I remember what I would do is, you know, we'd go to these camps and I remember, you know, you'd have this camp experience and then I'd leave the camp and I called it the camp high right where where I would go to the camp in June and I'd come back and I'd be like ready for Jesus right I'd be like you know I'm gonna evangelize every single kid in my school I'm gonna start a Bible study I'm gonna you know read the word every single day I'm gonna start a Bible plan I'm gonna start all these things and I was in like eighth grade and I remember you know June would come and then you know I'd start the Bible plan and be awesome and then like 
three weeks would go by and I'd start to get busy and school, you know, not school, like sports and hanging out with my friends would start to happen, going outside. And I remember by like mid-July, my plan would start to fade away and it would go from every day to three days a week to one day a week. And then before you knew it, by the time school started in September, um, I wasn't even talking to God anymore, right? That I was back to where I used to be. And then the next year would come around and I'd go back to camp and I'd go on this camp high and then I'd go back down. And I think that a lot of times we experience the same thing where, you know, we have moments or we have seasons or weeks or months um, of highs where we run after God. But I think that one thing that we lack in our culture and one thing that I know that I've been praying that God would increase in my life is not necessarily the passion or the hit or miss, but it's the consistency, right? That I'm, I'm, I'm looking for consistency in my life now. I'm looking for a discipline in my life where, yes, you know, I might not be as high at times, but I can tell you that I'm consistent with God, that I have an intimate relationship with God, right? And I think that, you know, we even live in a culture that's, that tends to, you know, um, glorify the passionate moments, right? When you look at TV, movies, you know, all that thing, whether it's, you know, even like romantic relationships, right? That we have a culture that is obsessed with creating these movies and these TV shows that are all about these romantic relationships that have these huge, you know, big moments, you know, of love and of sacrificial love where someone, you know, takes a bullet for somebody, you know, or you see these, you know, these movies that are just filled where the relationships looks like it's all just, you know, sex all the time or something. And we start to get these warped visions of what love really looks like. And so I think as a, as a product of that, we have believers that are getting into relationships that have no idea how to love. Right. And so I think as a as again, as a product of that, you see, you know, over 50 percent of marriages are ending in divorce now. And of those 50 percent of marriages, you have 70 percent of those are Christians. And so it's not a Christian or not or Christian thing, which I think is an issue. Right. Because we have the Holy Spirit inside of us as believers. And so I believe that part of what I'm understanding this to be is that part of it is a problem that we don't know how to access the spirit realm, that we don't know how to access the Holy Spirit to help us live every single day and help us navigate these relationships. Right. Because what I think TV shows and movies don't tell you is that loving and truly loving is worth that it's it's worth it and God will bless you and God will bless the relationship but truly loving someone means what the Bible says is giving and dying to yourself so I believe that we have this passion as young adults you know to get in these relationships because of hormones that God gave us that are not bad things but they're things that we need to learn how to manage and I think that those hormones bring us into relationships and then we realize very quickly down the road that we don't know how to love that we don't know how to fight that fight of love right and I think that also not only just in relationships I think in the spirit realm I think that we get into a relationship with Jesus and I think that what we haven't been told or taught by the church is that when you get into a relationship with God that you are entering into a battle right and that's what brought me to Ephesians chapter 6 is because Paul draws this amazing picture for us and he speaks of this illustration of this Roman soldier right and he talks about putting on the full armor of God and you know he he paints this picture of 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 a Roman soldier and I think it's so important because what everybody needs to know is that as soon as you accept Jesus into your life you are entering into a spiritual battle that as soon as you enter into a relationship with God there is an adversary the Bible says that is out and he's prowling around like a lion and he all that he's trying to do is he's trying to kill steal and destroy right that the devil right now is trying to kill your relationships he's trying to steal your peace and he's trying to destroy your faith 
right? And But what I know is that I have the Holy Spirit inside of me, and so we don't need to be afraid of him, but we do need to learn how to fight against him, right? And so what I believe is that God wants to teach somebody that, okay, you're learning how to sow the seed of faith. You're learning how to sow a seed of worship. You're learning how to sow a seed of deliverance and saying, God, I'm believing, God, that you are going to you know, deliver me from this temptation. I believe, God, that you're going to deliver you know, my brother or my sister. You're going to bring them to 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 know you to be in an intimate relationship with you but what we need to learn is we need to learn how do you stand in that middle ground between the seed that you sowed and between when the harvest comes up and i believe that if you're not ready for it then you're going to get hit in the face because the devil is ready to fight as soon as we get out of the gates right and so what i what i want us to talk about again today is i want us to look at ephesians chapter 6 and i want us to look at the armor of God. So last week what we did is we looked at this letter in Ephesians and I really love this letter because Paul spends the first half of his letter telling the people of God, right, the good news, right? He spends chapters one through three. He talks about, you know, that because of Jesus that each of us, we've received a spiritual inheritance, right? That Paul, he talks about how we are all adopted into God's family. Hallelujah. My spirit's just going to get happy just talking about this, right? That we were forgiven by the blood of Jesus. That means that no matter how many times you mess up, no matter how many times you get up and you do exactly the same thing, that the Bible says that if you are faithful, hallelujah, that if you confess your sins to one another, that God is faithful to forgive you of your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness, right? So that voice that's in your head right now that's been telling you that you're not good enough because of what you did yesterday, right? Because what you thought about is because you fell into the same temptation, that God's telling you right now that if you, hallelujah, would just confess your sins and say, God, I'm sorry, forgive me, God, I need you. Hallelujah, the Bible says that God looks at the heart that God is faithful to forgive us. And so Paul reminds the believers in Ephesus. He says, hey, remember, you were forgiven by the blood of Jesus. You were redeemed, right? And then Paul talks about how, how we've been given power from the Holy Spirit, right? That it's not by our goodness, but because of the blood of Jesus. And so Paul spends like three chapters of this letter the first half of this letter is all talking about our spiritual inheritance, right? And then Paul spends the next three chapters in the rest of this letter talking about how these believers are going to live a life, a spiritual life with Jesus, right? He's giving them instructions to the church on how to live a spiritual life with Jesus. And so where we pick up in Ephesians chapter 6 is Paul is doing what I would say is one of the most important parts of this whole entire letter is he's talked about our spiritual inheritance. He's talked about um, the inheritance that Jesus Christ gave each and every single one of us. And now Paul is going through and in these five verses that we're going to read 13 through 18, Ephesians chapter 6 verses 13 through 18, Paul says this amazing thing and he starts outlining the armor of God that we need to put on, right? And so in verse 13 through 18, I'm just going to read it real quick. Verse 13, Ephesians chapter 6, he says, Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Stand, therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith with with which you were been able or which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit which is the word of god praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit 
being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Amen. Amen and amen. Let's pray quick. Father God, before we move on, God, we want to acknowledge you, God. We want to say thank you for your love and for your grace, God. I pray that you would speak through this word. I pray that this would not be about us, God, but this would be about you, God. I pray, Lord, that you would speak to the hearts right now that are listening, God. You see how the enemy, how he comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but you have come to give us life and life more abundantly. So I pray that this word would go forth with power and anointing, God. Hallelujah, Jesus. God, I pray that the word, God, hallelujah, would penetrate the hearts right now, God. God, I pray that as I speak this word, God, that the word that everyone needs to hear, God, that they would hear their own word inside of their heart, God. God, what you are speaking to them, Father. So, Lord, speak. God, your servant is listening, Lord. We thank you. We love you. In your holy name, amen and amen and amen. All right. So Ephesians chapter 6, so last week what we did is we started this series out, right? And what Paul does an amazing job of, and what I love what Paul does here, is Paul talks about, even a couple verses before, he, he talks about how, how our, our struggle and our fight is not against flesh or blood, right? That our wrestle is not against flesh or blood, but it's against the spiritual powers of evil, right? He's talking about the devil, right? He's talking about the, the spirits that the devil, you know, commands around to go and try to oppress the people of God. And what I believe is that what Paul is doing, what's such an amazing message is what Paul is saying is Paul is saying that our battle is not against the things you can see, right? And I think that, you know, that sounds pretty simple. You're like, oh, okay, th- thanks, Chris. Like, okay, we got it. No, 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 but like the battle that you're fighting right now in your life, right? The anxiety, the, 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 the frustration, the, 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 the hurt from other people, right? All these things that you see right now that you feel like are your battles, that there's actually something behind it that you're fighting, right? And, and, and last week, what we talked about was we started looking at the armor of God and Paul started out with the armor of God as he said, take up. No, he said, where's the verse 13? He said, therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand, right? So we started talking about standing against the evil one, right? That if you're going to fight this fight, that you need to know that you are a warrior. Hallelujah. That God puts you in a spiritual battle. And I don't care if you're introverted. I don't care if you're extroverted. I don't care if you're somewhere in the middle, right? I don't care how God made you. Every single one of us that God made, God made us into warriors. Hallelujah. That we are entering into a battle. And what Paul is doing is Paul is saying that your battle is not against flesh or blood. Your battle is not against your co-worker. Worker. Your battle is not against your roommate. Your battle is not even against, hallelujah, the person that's been hurting you. Your battle is against the evil one. And what Paul's saying is he said, I'm going to give you some weapons that are going to work against the evil one, right? And so what we talked about last week is we talked about um, putting on uh, the belt of truth, right? And we started talking about that you need to encircle yourself. You need to surround yourself with the belt of truth, that Paul chose this, this, this belt because this was the first piece of armor that a soldier would put on. And he talked about how the belt of truth would protect us against the lies of the enemy, right? And I believe that that was our message last week is that we talked about how you need to be careful about what you're seeing as truth as, right? If you're taking people's approval as your truth, then that is where your worth's going to be. That's where your peace is going to be. And that the enemy is always going to be trying to attack you with lies from the enemy, but you need to stand on the truth, right? In John chapter 17, verse 17, Jesus, you know, he's praying for his disciples and he said, God, sanctify them by your truth. And then Jesus said these words. He said, your word is truth. And so the word of God is the truth that we need to live by. But if you are taking the truth to be what 
what you see on Instagram, if you are taking the truth to be what you see in the mirror when you look at yourself, if you're taking the truth to be what somebody has said about you, if you're taking the truth to be what you've been through and you're not looking at what the word of God says about you, hallelujah, the Bible says that you were made perfect, hallelujah, that you were made in the image of God, that you are made the righteousness of God, that if we're listening to different truths and we're not taking the word of God to be truth, then we're not going to be able to fight this battle against the enemy, that you're going to be battling against anxiety. Hallelujah. You're going to be battling against all of these different weapons from the enemy. If you're not girding your loins, it says with truth, right? And so we talked about the belt of truth. And then after that, Paul says this, he says, therefore stand having girded your waist with truth. And then he says, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, Amen. Having put on the breastplate of righteousness. And I think that this is a very important piece of the armor that I want us to focus on this week, right? Because, you know, each of these pieces of armor, we're going to, you know, go through these pieces of armor and, you know, each of these pieces have specific um, reasons why they're put on, right? They have specific functionalities. They've, they've, they have a specific goal of why you're putting that on, right? And I believe that the breastplate of righteousness, okay, we can look at, okay, what on the soldier, if you're using that illustration, what on the soldier is the is the breastplate of righteousness covering, right? And I think why the breastplate is so important is because one thing that we tend to fall into the trap of is that in the spirit realm, we think that the enemy is trying to attack our finances. We think the enemy is trying to mess with our grades. If you're a student, we think the enemy is trying to mess with our jobs. We think the enemy is trying to mess with our health. But I can tell you that the devil's target is not your health. The devil's target is your heart. Hallelujah. I'm going to say that one more time because I like that. The devil's target is not your health. The devil's target is your heart. That the devil's goal is your heart. And the reason why the breastplate of righteousness is so important is because that breastplate, that it covers your heart, right? The devil knows the word of God. The devil knows how things work, right? That before the devil was the devil, the devil was actually an angel, right? Lucifer that worshiped God. And then the devil allowed the seeds of pride to build up in his heart. And he wanted the angels to start to worship him. And so he didn't like worshiping God anymore. And so what God did is God cast them out. And so the devil understand how the devil understands how God works and the devil understands the word of God. And the devil understands that in Proverbs chapter four, verse 23, that the proverb writer, he wrote that above all else, he said, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. The author in Proverbs 4 said, above all else, right, above all these other things, in other words, the most important thing is that you would guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. So the devil knows that if he can mess with your heart, that he doesn't need to attack anything else, right? He doesn't need to attack your finances. He doesn't even need to attack the people in your life, that if the devil attacks your heart, that he knows that everything that you do flows from it, right? That all your agendas, all your motives, all your passions, and all your desires flow from your heart. So if he can infect your heart with something that is not of God, then everything in your life is going to start to be affected by what's happening inside your heart. Right? And so what I believe is so important about today is what I want to talk about is that I believe that the devil has been trying to attack your heart. And what God told me is that you have not been guarding your heart. Right? That what God showed me months ago is that our hearts, he showed me this picture of, of, of a garden. 
right? And he showed me this picture of, of my heart being a garden. And he showed me that all the seeds, this is actually during, during our, uh, our series of seed time and harvest time, is he showed me that my heart is a garden, that every single day, right, when I dive into the word of God, when I spend time in prayer, when I'm intentional about loving and serving people, when I'm intentional about putting other people before me, that I'm actually sowing seeds into the garden of my heart. Right, that I'm sowing seeds in the garden and that when I'm spending time in the word, I'm sowing seeds of righteousness and of faith into my heart. And I believe that when I sow those seeds that God will bring an increase. But what God also showed me is God also showed me that if I don't tend to my garden, right, that what happens in the natural realm, right? I'm not even a gardener, I promise. Even though I kind of want to be after this, I might actually be after this, yeah. But anyway, what God showed me is that in a garden in, in, in our natural world is that if you have a garden and if you don't do anything to the garden, it isn't just that nothing grows in the garden, right? If you don't tend the garden, that it's not that nothing's going to grow, but weeds are actually going to start to grow in your garden if you don't do anything with it, right? And I believe that what God is speaking in that is that if you do not tend your garden, if you do not tend your heart, if you just continue to live your life in the natural realm and you don't think about the spiritual implications that are happening, that the devil will sow seeds inside your heart. And if you're not careful about looking at your heart, if you're not careful about sowing seeds of faith in your heart, that weeds are going to start to grow in your heart. And what I believe is that the breastplate reminds us that we as believers, you need to protect your heart. That if you don't protect your heart with the truth, if you don't protect your heart with righteousness, that the devil is always on the prowl trying to sow seeds into your heart that are not of God. And what I believe is that one of the seeds that the devil been, has been planting in some of your hearts is he's been planting a seed of bitterness inside your heart. Right? Is so what God said is that you haven't been guarding your heart and that you haven't been pulling the weeds that the enemy has been planting in your heart. And as a result, the joy and the peace and the blessings that God has put in your life, that they're actually getting choked out. Right? That the devil is constantly trying to sow seeds into your heart of insecurities and of bitterness. Right? Because I know that the devil knows that if he can plant a seed of bitterness in your heart, then it, and, 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 and then if you don't dig up that seed of bitterness when it comes in, that that seed is actually going to spread and that seed is going to choke out all the joy and the peace in your life. Right? Because I've seen in my life that if I'm not careful and if I'm not te- intentionally diving into the Word of God and intentionally talking to my brothers and sisters that are filled with the Holy Spirit, that love the Lord, if I'm not intentional about that, you guys, that the enemy will start to sow seeds of bitterness into your life against other people in your life. Right? I believe that what God calls us to do is God calls us to live in community with each other. And I believe that God calls us to live in close proximity of each other. And what happens is you have two broken people trying to do life together. And what you're going to inevitably see is you're going to see hurt start to happen, right? But what I believe what happens is that if you allow the hurt that somebody causes you to turn into bitterness in your heart, then what I believe is that starts working in complete opposition to the Holy Spirit and the bitterness that you feel inside your heart is going to continue to grow until it starts to choke out the joy and the peace in your life to the point where God can surround you with all these blessings in your life. Hallelujah, God, that God can put relationships in your life, right? That you were in a season of your life where, you know, where you didn't feel like you had any friends and then God gives you a community, right? But then something happens in that community, right? Someone does something and they hurt you or they do something that, you know, you know, that that they didn't try to do, but, you know, they're broken. And all of a sudden you get this seed of bitterness or what happens is that God will give somebody else a blessing in their life. Hallelujah, God. God will give somebody else a blessing in their life. And then what happens is because we are frustrated, we look at 
at that and if we're not careful, the enemy will start to prompt us and he'll start to speak into our minds and say, wow, you know, look at that blessing that that person got. Well, God isn't giving you that blessing, right? God isn't giving you what you asked for. God isn't giving you that relationship. God isn't giving you that breakthrough, right? That you're still struggling with anxiety. You're still struggling with temptation. That that person, man, their life looks like it's perfect. What are you doing? You know, you're still struggling with sickness, right? The enemy will start speaking those lies into your heart. And before you know it, he will start planting seeds of bitterness against other people in your life. And I can tell you that those seeds of bitterness are usually against the very people that God has put in your life to grow you and to love you. Hallelujah. And I believe that there are seeds of bitterness that the enemy will try to plant inside your life. And if you are not diligent right now in digging up those seeds, that those seeds will begin to grow inside your heart. Because there's something that I learned, and I, and I looked this up actually, right? This is actually a definition of bitterness. Is that the, is that the, the definition of bitterness, it says that bitterness is anger or disappointment from being treated unfairly. Right? And I believe that, that bitterness, in other words, bitterness comes from disappointment. And I believe that disappointment comes from unmet expectations. I'm going to say that one more time. Bitterness comes from disappointment and disappointment comes from unmet expectations. One of the things that you need to be very careful about guarding your heart from the enemy is disappointment. Right? These are little seeds, right? And I think when you hear it, you're like, oh, disappointment. That's not a big thing. But disappointment are, is, is little seeds that if you allow disappointment to sit inside your heart, if you allow that to grow, that disappointment will grow into seeds of bitterness. Right? I believe that those seeds of bitterness will start to disconnect you from the relationships in your life. Right, You'll start looking at other people. You'll start looking at the people that are in your life that God put in your life. And you'll start looking at them and you'll start getting jealous. Hallelujah. That's another seed that the enemy is trying to sow inside your heart. Is he's trying to sow a seed of jealousy inside your heart. And I can tell you right now that the people, the women and the men that are in your life right now that God has put in your life, those are the people that the devil is trying to distance you from, right? But if you allow past hurt that your broken friends have caused you to well up inside you and to allow the enemy to plant seeds of bitterness inside your heart, hallelujah, then that will start to rob you from your joy. Right, But a lot of times, again, bitterness, all it comes from is bitterness comes from disappointment and disappointment comes from unmet expectations, right? And here, here's an example of that is an example in my own life, by God's grace, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share this with you. Um, so I had, you know, I, I'm, you know I, I live with, you know, three other guys and I love them to death. You know, they're my best friends. And I remember about, uh, it was about a year ago, I was dating um, and I was, you know, in, you know, I was dating, I was happy in my roommate. Um, was dating, I won't say any names, but um, my roommate was also dating a girl um, and they were both amazing, you know, and we were, you know, doing life and we were, you know, loving it and everything was great. And I remember the day where my roommate told me that he was going to propose to his girlfriend. Right, and I remember this day, and I remember exactly where I was, right, that I was, you know, sitting at a table at a restaurant. I remember they, they you know, he told me and he made the announcement that, that he was going to propose to his girlfriend. And I remember, <laughs> I've never felt this, like, so real in my life where there was this, like, duality inside of, 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 of me where I had a part of me that was so happy and so excited for him and was like, oh my gosh, you know, I love this girl and I love you and you guys are so great together and I believe that God has put you guys together and this is so exciting. I want to be excited for you. But then, hallelujah, if I'm being honest with you, I had this other part of me 
that was my flesh that was bitter right away. I could see and the Holy Spirit showed me. He showed me the seed of bitterness that the enemy tried to plant inside of my heart right there. And I remember that I have never been in so much pain of trying to smile and cheer and be so excited when on the inside I was feeling this turmoil inside of my heart because there was this bitterness inside of me not because I was angry that my my that that my friend was getting married but but there was this bitterness inside of my heart because I was disappointed because I knew that I was not at that point in my relationship. I knew, I knew that I was not there, but I was disappointed because there was this expectation inside of my heart that I was hoping that I would be at that point in that moment. But I knew I wasn't. And so what I had to tell God is I had to say, God, I need you to, I need you to, to, to dig up this seed of bitterness inside my heart right now. Because I knew that if I walked around with that seed of bitterness, if I walked around angry at God of God, you know, I know God that there's still stuff I need to work on, or I know that I'm not in this place right now, that, and, I, and, I'm, and I'm frustrated that my roommate's in this place right now, God. If I did did that, then I would, A, miss out on encouraging my brother, right? So many times, like the seeds of bitterness that are in your heart, all that they're doing is that they are robbing you of your joy, right? That I would have walked around robbed of my joy and of my peace and all these things because I have this seed of bitterness because I'm looking at what God's doing in somebody else's life, but I am so selfish and so self-centered in that moment where I was wrestling with my flesh to not have a seed of bitterness grow inside of my heart. What I need to do is I needed to, I needed to submit myself to God and say, God, God, I pray God that you would uproot this seed of bitterness, God. And God, I'm going to press in God and I'm going to be excited for my brother because I know that God's doing new things in his life. I believe that God is anointing their relationship, hallelujah, for a blessed and anointed marriage. I believe that their marriage, hallelujah, is going to change people's lives. I believe that their marriage is going to heal people's relationships. And God, I'm excited for that, God. So God, I'm not going to let the the devil sow the seed of bitterness inside of my heart. God, I'm going to choose to dig up that seed by the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to choose to serve and I'm going to choose to love. And I remember that in that moment that there was that seed that the devil was trying to plant inside of my heart. And I think that there are moments like that where you can get seeds of bitterness because of the other blessings in other people's lives. And I think that's so real. And I think that we need to pray that the Holy Spirit would dig up those. And so if you have any seeds of bitterness, I just feel the Holy Spirit grieving right now. I believe and I can feel the Holy Spirit grieving because you have seeds of bitterness in your heart because of blessings that other brothers and sisters have gotten. Jesus, help us, God, that you have seeds of bitterness in your heart because the brothers and sisters that you love are being blessed by God and you're frustrated because you haven't seen God move the same way in your life. Well, I want to just encourage you right now that if you haven't seen God move that way in your life, then, then, then maybe, just maybe, God is bringing you through a season right now where He wants to teach you how to submit yourself to Him. That He wants to teach you that you can't do it on your own. That He wants to teach you that even if you got the blessing, if you got it without the presence of God, then that blessing wouldn't be able to, to fulfill anything in your life. That if you got there, but you weren't there with God, that the only thing that's inside you that can ever be filled completely is by the presence of God. And so I believe that God will bring you through a season of what we call preparation, right? But I think that we are getting seeds of bitterness. You have allowed seeds of bitterness to grow in your heart because you're frustrated that God has not brought you where you thought he was going to bring you yet. Right, but I read in Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11, and again, we're talking about standing on the promises of God. I'm talking about how can I stand on the promise of God even when I'm in the middle of the storm, even when I have that seed of bitterness. And I believe that Jeremiah 29, 11, it says, Hallelujah, that God knows the plans that he has for you. 
right? And if you stand on that promise, if you actually take that scripture, and if you grab a hold of it of faith, and if you say, God, God, I might not be where I want to be right now, God, but God, I trust you by the power of the Holy Spirit, Lord, that God, you have a plan for my life, and it's a good plan, God. So even if I'm not where I thought I was going to be, God, even if I'm in a completely different place, God, I believe that I'm exactly where I need to be, and I choose to stand on that promise right now. Hallelujah. But you got to choose to stand on the promise. If you continue to listen to the lies of the enemy, and if you continue to feel sorry for yourself and to say, man, I'm frustrated and I'm, I'm bitter at God and I'm bitter at my friends because they're getting blessed and I'm not. And if you have that spirit, then you are going to be completely robbed of your joy and of your peace. But God is calling us to, to uproot that seed of bitterness. God is calling you to trust God and to not rebel against God in the preparation Right, that God wants the blessing that you've been asking for, that I promise you, the blessing and the future that you've been praying God to give you, that God wants to give you that future, but God needs to know that you're gonna be able to handle the blessing when you get there. Right, that the Bible said that with the Israelites, that, that, that the Bible says that God took the Israelites the long way to the Red Sea when they were going to the Promised Land. There was actually a quicker path, but God took them around that route because he knew that they were gonna, that they were gonna run into battles that they weren't ready for. And I declare right now that God is taking somebody around a path right now. And it's not the path that you wanted to go on, but God is preparing you and knows that if you're going to fight the battles in the future, that you need to go through the preparation right now. And if you're not willing to go through the preparation, and if you're not willing to be obedient in that preparation and trust God in the preparation, then that, hallelujah, is telling God that you're not ready for the blessing yet. That you're not ready for what you've been asking for. That you think that if you got if you got what you were asking for right now, that you would completely leave God. That this, this whole thing would become so much about you if you got what you were asking for. But that thing that you've been asking for, that God has, has, has kept that from you because God has kept you in a place of dependency in this season. But the devil is trying to sow seeds of bitterness in your heart right now against your sisters. I feel that on my spirit right now that the devil has put so many seeds of bitterness in your heart from the sisters in your life, from the friends, from the roommates in your life, and you have been wasting so much time and energy fighting your sisters and your brothers when you have not been fighting the enemy. Right, that you have not been realizing this is not about your sisters. This is about the devil sowing seeds of bitterness against your sisters. That you've been blaming everything on them. You've been setting these unrealistic expectations for your friends. Right, that you set these unrealistic bars. That you say, as soon as you hurt me, that I'm out. That as soon as you don't love me the way that I think you should love me, that I'm going to give up on you. Right, and we set these expectations like we're not even meeting ourselves. Right? Like, this is the rule of thumb. I was like, if you are setting an expectation for your friends that you are not meeting yourself, that that is not a realistic expectation right now for you. Right? That if you are setting an expectation that your, that your roommates and your friends would serve you and love you, then you better believe it. You better be doing everything within your power to serve and to love your roommates. Now, I'm not telling you you're going to be perfect. Right? I can tell you right now that I've messed up just about a hundred times today that my roommates, God bless them, they've had to learn how to live with me because I am a wreck. I am broken and I'm in need of a savior. But I can tell you, I am trying my hardest and my hardest is not great, but I have the grace of God, but I am trying with everything that I got to serve and to love. And if I'm setting expectations, if you are setting expectations of your roommates and your friends and the people in your life to serve and to love you and to never hurt you, then you better believe that you're doing the same thing back to them. 
Because bitterness comes from disappointment and disappointment comes from unmet expectations. And I believe that if you're not careful in uprooting those seeds of disappointment and those seeds of bitterness, that those will turn into seeds of unforgiveness. And I believe that there are people that we have had seeds of unforgiveness that have been resting inside your heart. And in over the last couple months, you've had seeds of unforgiveness of your roommates and of your, your brothers and of your sisters. And you've had seeds of unforgiveness that you have not dug up and they have been robbing you of your joy and of your peace. And you've started to get frustrated with God and you've started getting frustrated with other people. And you started saying inside of your head that, that nobody likes me, right? You've been starting to listen to the lies of the enemy that nobody likes likes me, right? That they don't love me. And you've been starting to believe those lies. But right now in the name of Jesus, I would pray that you would uproot those seeds of unforgiveness, right? Not because they deserve it, right? That like none of us deserve forgiveness. But like if we start talking about what we deserve, that Jesus died on the cross for us, right? That we do not get what we deserve because Jesus came and died for us. And the Bible says that we forgive others because God first forgave us, right? That Jesus said in Luke chapter six, he said, judge not and you won't be judged. Condemn not and you won't be condemned. Then he says, forgive and you will be forgiven. See, you cannot walk in the spirit of God if you are walking in unforgiveness. Hallelujah, Jesus. You cannot walk in the spirit of God if you are walking in unforgiveness. I'm not saying it's salvific. I'm saying that you will wrestle with the presence of God and you will wrestle with seeing spiritual and abundant life happen inside of your life with the joy and the peace and the fruit that comes from the Holy Spirit if you are walking in unforgiveness. If you have not forgiven your brothers or your sisters, the Bible says that if you are offering your sacrifice unto God and if you realize that you are in conflict with your brother and sister, that you should leave your gifts at the altar and you should go and you should forgive them, right? But I, 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 I see in my spirit, you guys, that the enemy is trying to tear us apart as brothers and sisters, that he is trying to tear you apart from the people in your life that God has ordained to get you to where you need to go. Hallelujah, that you cannot go where you need to go without the people that God put in your life. And the enemy is trying to sow seeds of bitterness into your heart. He's trying to sow seeds of jealousy into your heart. And he's trying to sow seeds of unforgiveness in your heart. And if you do not uproot those, if you do not guard your heart with the breastplate of righteousness, if you do not put on the full armor of God and to guard your heart every single morning against the lies from the enemy, that the enemy will start to sow seeds of unforgiveness and of jealousy and of, and of bitterness in your heart. And you will start to, hallelujah, you will start to wrestle to experience the joy and the peace and the love that God wants you to experience. Hallelujah. The devil will try to sow seeds of jealousy inside your heart. And I believe that that is one of the biggest seeds that we are wrestling with as a family right now, that the devil is, has been trying to get every single one of us to look at everybody else and to say that, 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 that this person looks like this or this person talks like this or this, this person you know, has this gift and we start to get so jealous. And, and as you start to focus on what other people have, you start to forget that God has called you to run a unique race. Hallelujah, that God didn't want to give you the same gifts as the person, as your roommate or as your friend, that God wanted you to get your gifts because God has a specific role for you in the body. But if you are so focused on you wanting a gift that, that maybe gets more recognition, then I can tell you that that is coming from a place of pride. 
right? That that's another seed that the enemy will try to sow inside your heart, that you need to protect your heart against is, is a seed of pride, that as soon as we start making our walk with God more about us and less about God, right? Then, then, then we start to work in complete opposition to the Holy Spirit, right? That my mission needs to be to give God glory. That my mission needs to be to give God honor. And it doesn't matter if I'm recognized. It doesn't matter, you know, God, if I, you know, in what way I'm serving God. That God, if I can just be a part of your kingdom, God, if I can just be a part of your glory, Jesus, hallelujah, God, then God, it's all worth it. So the enemy is going to try to sow a seed of pride into your heart. But what I believe is I believe that God is calling us to uproot those seeds inside of our hearts that the devil has been trying to plant seeds inside your heart and you have not been looking at the garden to see the seeds that are growing inside of it and so today and tonight i believe that the holy spirit is going to uproot that seed of bitterness that has been hiding inside your heart for so long i believe the enemy hallelujah has sown a seed of pride inside your heart that the holy spirit is going to uproot tonight in the name of jesus i believe that there is a seed of insecurity that the enemy has put inside your heart because the enemy has tried to convince you that your past is somehow convincing you that you are not righteous. But what your past actually does is your past is actually convincing, hallelujah, you, that there is a God, that God is righteous because you got through all those things. Because because the Bible says that while you were still a sinner, that Christ died for you. That even through all that, God has brought you to where you are right now. And so Paul says in Ephesians chapter 6, he says that we need to put on the breastplate of righteousness. Right, that we need to put on the breastplate of righteousness to protect our hearts from the enemy. And a lot of us have been have been wrestling with joy and wrestling with peace and wrestling with love and wrestling with growing in the presence of God because you have not been digging up the seeds of envy. You've not been digging up the seeds of bitterness. You've not been digging up the seeds of pride and of jealousy in your heart. And because of that, you have been wrestling, hallelujah, with experiencing the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And so Paul says, he says, put on the breastplate of righteousness. Now, the one thing that I love about the breastplate of righteousness, and then I'm going to close with this, is that the breastplate of righteousness, When, if we're not careful, we read that as, you know, you need to be perfect, right? The breastplate of righteousness is not about being perfect. The amazing thing is in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, it says this, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, it says, Paul said this, he said this to the Corinthians, he said, God made him, who's Jesus, so he's talking about Jesus, he said, God made Jesus, who had no sin, to be sin for us, so that in him, in Jesus, we may become the righteousness of of God. What's that tell me? That tells me that my righteousness does not come from me. That tells me that because, hallelujah, before Jesus came, that human beings, we were made broken. Hallelujah, that after the fall, we were made broken. And that from that entire journey, that we were always trying to live up to the law until God sent Jesus. And then when he sent his son, that God made his son Jesus sin, even though Jesus lived a life that was perfect, a life of no sin. Jesus knew no sin, and yet he became sin for all of us. And then he went on the cross and he died on the cross. And when he did that, he went down into the grave. And for three days, he fought against the enemy. And then after three days, the Bible says that he rose from the grave. And when he rose from the grave, then in that moment, he defeated death. He defeated sin. He defeated all your infirmities. And in that very moment that he made Jesus sin and Jesus, when he rose from the grave, that he made us the righteousness of God. And so righteousness is not something that you're going to achieve by going to church anymore. That righteousness 
Righteousness is found by the blood of Jesus. And so you can sit here tonight and you can say, God, I'm made righteous by your blood, Lord. That God, it's not because of me. So when the devil tries to plant that seed into your mind, right, that you are not good enough, that you keep messing up, then in that moment you can say, no, 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 no. That's exactly the point, is that I keep messing up, that I'm not good enough, that if I try to do it on my own, that I'm not going to make it. But I know that, hallelujah, that Jesus came down and he knew no sin, but he became sin so that in him, not by me, but in him, I may become the righteousness of God. Hallelujah, Jesus. That I may become the righteousness of God. And I need to put on that breastplate of righteousness and say that my righteousness is not because of me. It's not because of how good I am. It's all by the blood of my Savior. Hallelujah. And that's what makes me the righteousness of God. And so what God is calling us to do is God is calling us to protect our hearts with the breastplate of righteousness. Hallelujah. Not righteousness that comes from us, but righteousness that comes from God. And so I pray that tonight, that as you read this scripture, as you look at putting on the breastplate of righteousness, that you would be able to look at your heart right now and you'd be able to, to see all the places the devil's been trying to put seeds of bitterness, that the devil's been trying to put seeds of, of jealousy, that the devil's been trying to put seeds of pride and of anger and of disappointment. And he's been trying to put these seeds of unforgiveness in your heart. And any of those seeds right now, I want to pray right now that by, that, by, that by the power of the Holy Spirit that he would remove those seeds right now God in the name of Jesus Lord hallelujah that God would remove the seeds of bitterness he would remove the seeds of jealousy that we would stop trying to be hallelujah and talk like other people that we would know that I got the righteousness of God inside me that I have a gift and an anointing that nobody else has and a plan for my life hallelujah and I can stand on the promises of God that God has a good for, plan for my life hallelujah that he will never leave me nor forsake me. And so I pray that tonight that you would look at the seeds that the enemies tried to plant in your heart and that you would uproot those in the name of Jesus and that you would know that you are the righteousness of God, not because of what you've done, but the Bible says that God made him who knew no sin to be sin for you so that in him you may become the righteousness of God. So right now in this moment, you are the righteousness of God. Hey, I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. And if you did, I would love for you to subscribe to our show. That way you can not only follow what we're studying at Rise Up, but you can also be a part of this family that God's growing to advance his kingdom. If you're interested in joining the family on our Thursday night service, you can visit www.graceoutreachchurch.org and go to the Rise Up page for more details. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time on the Rise Up podcast.